This week's episode, our season three finale, joins all five numerical hosts to dive deep into a year of innovation and foresight. We shed light on the key milestones and challenges of the past year and forecast what 2024 might have in store. From regulatory changes to technological innovations, we cover the aspects that shaped the telecom landscape in 2023 and how we can move toward a more trusted ecosystem in 2024. Welcome to Tuesday Talks, a live discussion series where we bring truth and shed light across the brand identity and communications industry. I'm Rebecca Johnson, founder and CEO of Numerical, and we have a very special episode of Tuesday Talks. All five hosts are joining you today to take a look back at 2023 and make some predictions for 2024. We have Anise Jaffer, Pierce Gorman, Sarah Delphi, Brett Nimeroff. Welcome back to the podcast for the season three finale. Hello, everyone. <laughs> This is unprecedented. We have definitely not tried this with more than maybe three, I think, at most guests. So we today are going to be moving rapid fire through the following five topics. We have standards, technology, email and SMS, trust and KYC, and we will finish it up with identity. Each very special guest will recap this year and make his or her predictions for 2024. With that, let's start with Pierce Gorman, distinguished member of the technical staff on standards. Pierce, you've been influential in shaping the standards, architecture, and deployment technologies critical to the continuous advancement of the telecommunications industry. So let's hear your 2023 picks for standards highlights. Okay, so I think uh, just to boil it down, and that's a year's worth of work, but to boil it down, I'm going to say that the two standards that most caught my attention this year that I think are relevant to enterprises and, and people that are making calls and receiving calls are going to be the uh, rich communication or rich call data standard that's been worked on in the IETF's STIR working group and also in the ADIS slash SIPFORM joint task force on IPNNI. Um, that, that, has, that is going to be groundbreaking, I think, because it should be providing uh, an experience to consumers where they're going to be able to see the logo, the reason for calling, uh, as well as the company name and, of course, the, the company number. So that's, that's important, and I'm already seeing work in standards and in regulatory comments where this is being going to be used not just in the United States, but abroad as well. And I'll focus on that a little bit. The second one that I think is really important is the shaken out of band specification being worked on in the ADIS uh, you know, slash SIPFORM joint task force. Um, the out of band specification had some challenges from the large service providers because of uh, worried about the viability of it. So there's been a study on that and there's been work done to address those concerns. If that gets adopted and the FCC makes a, a mandate for it, stir shaking may finally breathe life into combating illegal robocalling. So those are the two big excitements for me this year in standards. So when it comes to the 2024 predictions, now I don't expect standards to move fast. And I'm impressed that we have made the progress we did <laughs> in 2023. 
But you know this group and you're heavily involved in it. Um, you know, whether or not it's regulations that come again and say, hey, standards group, you're going to have to pass some standards uh, that we're dictating to you. I, I'm just curious, what do you think 2024 holds for more standards that we have to develop? Or can we put a pause on it? Oh, uh, a pause? No, there's never going to be a pause. If anything, people keep finding new things to do work on. Uh, I do expect to see a finalization of the rich call data and out-of-band specifications. And, and just to quickly say what out-of-band is, it's the idea that where there are TDM legs in a call that break call authentication, the out-of-band mechanism allows that communication to occur over the internet and allows end-to-end call authentication to work. And that's going to be beneficial for rich call data as well, because now an enterprise can sign a call, add their special sauce information, logo reason for calling, and that can appear all the way at the end phone without worrying about TDM legs in between. The uh, 2024 other things that I see are interesting. There's work going on pre-call APIs, both in um, mm -hmm. academic world as well as people are implementing pre-call APIs for branded calling. Those aren't based on standards. Those are all uh, just proposals or proprietary implementations, but it's still interesting and it may see uh, standards development on it. There's also work going on for verifiable credentials, verifiable <coughs> contact cards. Um, there's work going on in France, the UK, and Brazil. Brazil is especially interesting because the regulators there have uh, specified that stir shaken with rich call data would be used specifically for telemarketers. So it's a constrained version of stir shaken in the United States, which is all service providers, all calls. In this case, it's just narrowed down to those. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how all these things evolve in 2024. I, I feel like when you were describing that, I was picturing standards and regulations and their partners dancing. And every now and then one takes the lead over the other, but they continue to dance together. So <laughs> I think that's, we'll a, that's a great comment. And in Brazil, especially the telemarketers and the telecom carriers came to the regulators and they worked. The, it, it was the other way around. I mean, it, the dance is the exact right way to put it. So. Yeah. So as long as we don't just start break dancing, <laughs> then I don't know how to join in on that. <laughs> well, All right. It's going to be interesting too, because we, because uh, other countries are doing things differently than we're doing it. And us yeah. sitting here watching this dance happen, it's going to be interesting to see what we learn uh, in the next year with those changes. And how interoperable it'll eventually be or not. Yes. <laughs> oh boy, you guys are kind of getting into my predictions now. All right, so let's let's switch it over now to uh, Brett Nimeroff. He's the Vice President Engineering of Voice at Numerical. Brett is an architect and a programmer specializing truly in all things telecommunications, delivery, engineering, optimization, and refurbishing old phones. Uh, Brett, can you give us the 2023 highlights on technology? Yeah, yeah, so... Not a huge surprise, but top tech for 2023 has got to be the availability of like consumer and generative AI. Products like ChatGPT, I mean, we've all used them. And really, the availability and ease of use of AI has caused it to become the latest buzzword. And it's being introduced in all sorts of places, even when it's not really the best solution. In telecom, we've seen AI in places like sales and marketing for content generation mm -hmm. and customer service for call routing optimization. Here at Numerical, we're especially familiar but how it's being used with call analytics to block and or label calls. And really, it's not the silver bullet that everybody says that it is. Poor training sets can cause poor outcomes, and we've seen that all the time. We see it in call analytics. 
In my opinion, I really think the solution is simple, something very near and dear to us here at Numerical, which is identity. So AI can't take all of the stage, but it certainly is taking some of it for now. So when we look at the future uh, coming up on 2024, um, I mean, I, I hope AI doesn't overshadow everything when it comes to no, technology. Um, what else are we looking at? It can't. We'll try to stop it. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, what else are you thinking about when you're looking at the technology? Because you are responsible to stay up with that. And I know it's ever changing. And sometimes, Brett, you're the driver of the new technology. So give a little sneak peek of what right. you're thinking. Well, AI is only as as good as the information that's fed into it. AI is not is it cannot be effective without some actual intelligence as well, mm -hmm. right? So I expect to see AI continue to increase just because it's it's so um, ground changing right now. It's so earth shaking. Um, so I expect to see it to level out and for people to really start using it in places where it makes a lot more sense. But at the same time. I'd expect to see more enterprises beginning to support things like digital identities. And I really think that these technologies go hand in hand because especially with things like generative AI, it's going to be coming harder and harder for us to tell uh, real from fake and, and to actually identify authenticity and stuff. So I think digital identities are going to, to help resolve that particular issue. We're starting to see digital identities already being uh, implemented. We see the IRS has a digital identity <clears throat> system for online services. And we're also seeing a few states issue digital IDs to individuals. So its importance has already been recognized. We just need to see a little bit more traction. And I think this is also an area where technology is forcing regulations. Regulations are trying to keep up with it. Um, first of all, trying to figure it out. Um, <clears throat> I live in the DC area. Oh my goodness, it's a little difficult to have tech conversations with our lawmakers and regulators, but they are trying to catch up, understand. What's interesting is I think the awareness around the dangers of this technology seemed to come so quick on the heels of the technology also exploding. So um, 2024, I, I think we're going to see some unprecedented maybe movements and actions uh, from the regulations around AI. But to your point, I think, you know, we'll get more clarity on what the problem is. Solving it, I think, is going to take some time. Um, I think it will take more than 2024. You and I and the rest of the numerical crew would look back and go, yeah, I know how to solve that. <laughs> and we'll have technology to solve it. But catching up everybody else, it'll just take time. But we're used to that. So we'll be I agree with, here. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Brett on the identity piece, Rebecca, mm -hmm. um, especially with uh, with the uh, generative AI. And <clears throat> it's very, very soon we will not be able to distinguish a real human interface or a voice versus uh, an agent that's uh, driven by AI. So how do you distinguish those two when, when you're interacting with somebody? Let's say you get a call. I mean, this is already happening, right? People are impersonating creating voice, you know, uh, mimicking voices. Uh, so you get a call from an enterprise that you think that you're talking to, but who knows who it is? So how do you validate it? How do you authenticate that? Yep. So now going back to identity, um, validating identities, that's that's going to be the key. So eventually we would have identities for AI uh, that will be tied back to the enterprises that they are using, and you would have fake actors using AI to, to mimic them. Yep. So Anise, since you jumped in, let's go on with you next. Anise Jaffer is Numerical's Chief Product Officer. And we're going to switch over to email and SMS. 
what ha- did you see for 2023? Can you have a recap on that? Especially I know SMS had some. Oh yeah, so interesting, uh, interesting yeah. news from earlier this month on the on the messaging world. So I'll I'll save that for the last. Uh, let's start with the uh, email. Uh, so with the email, uh, we are beginning to see a lot more enterprises adopt uh, brand identity, passing logos as part of emails. Everybody would have received emails, and we're starting to notice. Uh, so it's based on uh, BME standards, uh, passing uh, what is called as verified mark certificates, yep. uh, getting attached to emails. Gmail is currently supporting it. Yahoo is currently supporting it. Apple had announced that they are supporting it from 2022, late 2022. So iOS 16 and up, they are currently supporting it. Uh, the big, uh, you know, the missing piece is Microsoft. Uh, that's the only you know, big player that has not yet adopted it. But I do think 2024 is going to be the year where Microsoft finally jumps in. So by this time next year, my prediction is Microsoft is probably either supporting it or close to supporting it. That's uh, that's how I see it. Um, and with uh, with verified mark certificates, interestingly, the identity piece is critical. Enterprises need to be validated. Trademarks need to be validated. So in a way, it's more stringent than what we have in the voice world. And that's kind of being, uh, being one of the reasons why the adoption has not taken place. But we know and we are starting to hear that there is going to be some changes there as well. So 2024, I do think uh, is going to be a year where email, uh, where we are going to see a lot more emails with brand identity um, and prediction is Microsoft will at some point start supporting it. So that's email. Now let's move on to SMS and the messaging world. Uh, 10 DLC from where where we were last year to to now, there has not been any meaningful change, right? It's been kind of similar what we had, the confusion still persists, enterprises are struggling uh, to get their campaigns. And, you know, when, when things don't work, it's very difficult to figure out why it's not working. So that status quo is kind of, uh, it, it, it remains. But in the meanwhile, Apple came out with the major announcement earlier this month that they are supporting RCS. Uh, so RCS for people who are not familiar is Rich Communication Service Protocol, um, uh, which was, uh, championed by GSMA with the goal of replacing the SMS protocol. It supports uh, multimedia, um, a far more richer uh, way to communicate uh, over the uh, SMS channel. Now, Google has been a big proponent. They've been, for years, they've been trying to get Apple to support it. A couple of years back, there was a famous interview where Tim Cook said that maybe uh, when 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 a reporter asked, uh, when is Apple going to support uh, RCS? He basically said that, well, maybe your mom should get Apple instead of you know, relying on Android. So, But then <laughs> having said that, we kind of knew that at some point Apple has to uh, support RCS. And uh, personally, I believe that it's largely to do with the Digital Markets Act in EU. Um, yep. iMessage for sure was looked at as one of those services that need to provide cross-platform support. Uh, They did not pass the threshold, and Apple has been arguing that iMessaging should not be considered as part of one of those. But I think this is a proactive move by Apple by enabling support for RCS. Uh, They can avoid the legislation. Um, And and also, uh, iMessage is going to continue to be there. They're not going to drastically change the experience for their users. Uh, I believe that uh, by providing this RCS support, uh, on Apple platform, there we're probably going to see some difference, right? You will be able to get 
uh, message receives or uh, emojis that can be passed back and forth between Apple and uh, and Android. But the green bubble, blue bubble, that's going to be the same. I don't think that's going to change. Um, well, according to the teenagers in my household, they're like, gone with the green bubble. That's that's all they think. <laughs> that's their interpretation of it. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's going to change. Uh, Apple would, would still keep the richer, mm-hmm. um, much more uh, feature-rich uh, product as, uh, within in-house. I don't think they will, they will uh, open that up. But this is a step in the right direction for cross-platform support. Um, it may not be seamless, but I think it's uh, it's in the right direction. Uh, and I also think WhatsApp is going to support this too. Pretty soon, I think WhatsApp will have some cross-platform yep. um, support where maybe we may be able to uh, send back messages between iMessage and, and WhatsApp. Who knows? I think that that could potentially happen. I and that's going to be my prediction for <laughs> for messaging um, after Apple. I think WhatsApp will also end up supporting not RCS exactly, uh, but something where we can have cross-platform messaging uh, features. My prediction for Apple as well, too, is they've really got to get their act together on fraud. Um, The banks, they're no stranger to the issues of protecting its uh, consumers. Uh, Apple really doesn't have anything kind of organized. We know firsthand. Uh, from impersonations that are happening uh, with my identity to employees via iMessage. So that means somebody had an Apple account. And um, I would really like to see, I don't think Apple will do anything in 2024, but it is a matter of time. Apple's got to get on the bandwagon of addressing fraud if they want to play an identity as well. Just Something else to note on this is insofar as RCS supports uh, SIP signaling, or SIP signaling is used to support the interoperability, that opens up the door for messaging authentication using store-shaken protocols. Yep. Yes, and you can have a lot more, um, uh, you know, switching between channels, right? You can get a message, then jump over to SIP, and then from SIP jump into uh, messaging. That kind of interoperatable um, scenarios could work. Uh, because RCS supports it. But one gap in RCS, as it exists today, and Apple has highlighted it, is uh, RCS does not have end-to-end encryption. Now, there is encryption while it is in transit, but device-to-device at the last mile, when when messages get terminated on devices, that is not encrypted. Uh, One of the reasons why Apple has been talking about uh, iMessage is they they say that it's end-to-end encrypted, in fact, Google's implementation of RCS on their uh, messages application is end-to-end encrypted. But if we are using another app um, on, on the device and that app is receiving messages, then you know, that, that is not encrypted. So there's still more work to do yep. uh, on the RCS side as well. Sounds like we'll have some episodes in 2024 as part of my prediction. So let's move on to another <laughs> hot topic of 2023, which was trust. And KYC, none other than the very disruptive and bold Sarah Delphi, our Vice President of Trust Solutions. Talk about shaking things up in 2023. Sarah, please give us an update and a quick recap of what happened in 2023 that you may or may not have been a part of. Yeah, I like that. Bold and disruptive. I will take it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was a big year for KYC. Uh, We released the first... Uh, template for KYC for service providers, the first and only, uh, as far as I'm still aware. And we've received a ton of great feedback on it, just trying to push forward, hey, KYC is not impossible. It's not just this 
you know, odd ephemeral thing that we can't do. It's a real thing. Here's a policy. Go ahead and implement. We've released some other materials as well and continue to work with folks on, you know, broadening those standards. But it was a huge year for KYC. I'm sure all of you have experienced just hearing the word KYC all over the place this year. Uh, the consciousness is just huge. So, um, we were able to get, I mean, there were some great mentions to Congress, mentions and con comments to the FCC on KYC and some of the materials we released. So um, I was really pleased with that. FCC, as usual, uh, has ramped up on enforcement, right? So we've had another six cease and desist letters, about $120 million worth of fines issued this year from the FCC and we had the first removals of service providers from the robocall mitigation database uh, in mass. And so there's a lot of new standards that FCC has released as well regarding, you know, further clarifying know your upstream provider. And it's just continued this principle of, you know, you have to know your customers, you have to know whether they're service providers or businesses or consumers and that it's not letting up, right? And they're gonna be going after people uh, that don't comply. And we also saw the FTC enter in and issue some, some letters to a few different companies. And of course the state AGs have continued to put out a lot of action. Uh, they are busy, those state AGs on illegal robocalls. So that was one of my predictions ending 2022, going into 23 was the year of enforcement. And uh, no one disappointed. <laughs> no, they did not. lots of enforcement, and I think it comes from you know it's it's our regulators now know what they expect, and we Sarah, you and I were at a lot of events, and we heard both the FCC and the FTC reiterate we have an expectation that you have a know your customer policy. That's it's yep. just like we're moving on from that now. You must have it. And now we're going to issue the enforcements around it if you're not complying. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what 2024 is. So do you have some predictions for 2024? Yeah, I will say, I mean, I think the 2023 has been the year of KYC awareness. And I think 2024 is going to be the year of, okay, we know this is something we need to do. How do we do it in a practical way? So I'm really excited to hopefully be able to engage in, and we're already starting more conversations about putting together practical standards, best practices, and also really thinking about, okay, how do we do this at scale and in a way that's efficient so that we don't have everyone doing their own disparate processes all over the place? How can we consolidate that together and provide some efficiency for the ecosystem so we can get better adoption and better standards, frankly, because there's a lot of fear and we need some security. So I, I do also think the sort of vicarious liability of folks, you know, that are supporting others that are making illegal calls uh, is going to continue, right? We saw, for example, Twilio and others receive those cease and desist letters earlier this year, which was a big step and message by regulators that they are gonna go after folks, even if you're not directly making those calls, you're not the originating service provider, they're gonna go for you. So um, I think there's a lot of fear, but I'm very excited for this next year and to be able to have some of those uh, more detailed conversations on actual solutions for KYC. Awesome, so I'm gonna wrap it up and actually cover on the identity, which interesting standards, technology, 
email, SMS, uh, regulatory, trust KYC, everybody talked about identity and in the different forms of it. So definitely identity has become an awareness from uh, for 2023. Look, fraud occurs due to identity impersonation for the consumers and the businesses. Enough is enough. So 2023 was a lot, a lot of yelling, a lot of shouting from consumers and businesses. Businesses are now very aware that there is a concept for business identity and they want their identity to be protected when they're delivering communications, whether it's voice, messaging, email. And it's not their job to fix it. It is the job of the industry that is responsible for creating the highway for fraud to occur. That is what's going to get more attention when we go into 2024. I think we'll see far more of a demand. You're definitely going to be hearing from Numerical talking about identity. But that's why we have this amazing, incredible team here. You're going to see Brett looking at thinking about this from the digital credentials for uh, verified identities. What do we do with them? How do we attach them? Where do they go through the various channels? You're going to have Pierce Gorman from the standard side constantly thinking. And he writes books, by the way. Maybe, you know, Pierce, let's do a prediction. Can we just take your emails and publish a book? <laughs> the musings of Pierce. Um, people will read it. I read the emails, but I have to do it over coffee in the morning, okay? So <laughs> that's why I get delayed. But then on top of that, then we have Sarah who's really focusing on the uh, just the policy and the framework, helping, like she mentioned, the state AGs are regu- you know wrestling this, uh, trying to figure out what's their role, what should they be doing for their state, uh, you have the FCC and the FTC. And you know what happened this year in 2023? We have the White House getting involved when it comes to security because identity truly is a security matter. It is a national security matter for the United States because guess what? Communications is part of our critical infrastructure. So when I also do some predictions for 2024, it's actually going to be just a carryover of how 2023 ended other countries. Listen, identity is not this new aha moment for the United States. Other countries are very much focused on what can we do about fraud, impersonation of businesses within our countries. We have Australia, we have Canada, Japan, Saudi Arabia. They've all put out these Ireland, UK, France. They're talking about identity. But guess what? They're not talking about identity closely tied to Sir Shaken or closely tied to passports, right? It is identity and each country just might approach identity in the way that's best fit for that particular country, but it's still going to be on communications. So I think interoperability is really going to be a hot topic. How do we continue to allow communications to traverse internationally? while adopting and adhering to the identity standards within that country. We might see an erosion of trust just among our countries. We've already kind of seen that a little bit with some of the uh, rules that the FCC has come out with the, uh, the Robocall Mitigation Database, where we saw a whole slew of all these businesses from all around the world registering in this database just so that they could continue to deliver calls into the U.S., I expect other countries to do the same kind of fire across the way there to say, hmm, if you want to terminate calls in our country, this is the standard that you must meet. So we're going to have to figure that stuff out. Uh, we can't just drop off communications. As far as the terminating carriers who are 
you know, these are my device manufacturer. T-Mobile's my provider. They deliver my messages to me. They deliver my voice calls to me. So they too will have to figure out what is their role within identity? What can they do to participate in an open, secure ecosystem, making it accessible to all? And we talked about the stringent elements of KYC in the email, trademarks, kind of create some discrimination. So that's going to be possibly a challenge. How do we give accessibility to verified identities and not do it in a discriminatory manner? That'll be another challenge that we have to wrestle with in 2024. Any last very quick closing comments? I hope I can get to everyone here, but uh, let's go Let's go with Brett. Brett, do you have any just very quick last closing thoughts? I, you know, I just listening to everything that you're saying, it just gets me so excited for 2024 because I feel like we've been talking about this stuff for years and we're finally at this point where we can start making some like really measurable changes, right? We can get enterprises to understand the importance of identity and end-to-end communications. Stop making assumptions about identities or making predictions based on information that doesn't make sense. I think that this is finally an opportunity for us to make some really positive changes. I personally, I'm really excited about that. We have high energy at numerical. It's a requirement. Sarah, (laughs) let's go to you. I'm ready to make KYC scalable and useful. That's it for me. It's such a tiny little task. All right, Pierce. Uh, I'm going to tag on uh, Sarah's comment that, you know, KYC is is great as a uh, cover your assets uh, requirement, (laughs) but we can also make it actionable. And that's the uh, part of it that I think is important. KYC represents the information and trust attributes associated with an identity. Let's figure out which of those we need as a consumer or as a terminating service provider, and let's talk about how we encode and and share that information in communications, authenticated communications. And it's doable. That's why we're so excited is that it's doable. It's doable. All right, Denise, bring it home with your last thoughts. All right, my last thoughts are along the same lines. Identity and KYC is the main piece, uh, but I'm specifically watching the adjacent channels email and uh, and SMS. So uh, as, as I said earlier, I'm looking forward for that announcement from Microsoft on the email side to support the BME standards. And WhatsApp to move on um, providing cross-platform support, that's going to be my prediction for 2024. Uh, and to me, that is one more domino that falls before, you know, for enterprises moving away from SMS to over-the-top messaging, which 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 is the direction everybody is heading. Um, so that's, uh, that's what I would end. All right. So we'd like to thank all of you for joining us for another episode of Tuesday Talks. This was the season three finale. So make sure to subscribe to our newsletter and on our website to stay up to date on the industry news and be the first to know about season four. See you in 2024. That wraps up our final episode of season three of Numerical's Live Tuesday Talks podcast. We've journeyed through 2023's pivotal moments and cast our predictions for 2024, touching on everything from technical standards, voice technology, email and SMS trends, and trust solutions. Stay tuned and subscribe to our newsletter for all the updates on season four. Thank you for listening, and here's to more discoveries and discussions in the next season.